sometimes it's being still is the hard part, isn't it? And letting God do what He does best. Let's go through Matthew tonight. Matthew chapter 25. We start at the first verse. Once again, it's a very familiar portion of Scripture. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their, la- in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward also came the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Once again, a very familiar portion of Scripture. Here we have Jesus giving an account of ten individuals. And ten individuals that we can learn from tonight, as we've been learning down through the years from. Uh, ten of them had a lot in common. Ten of them were virgins. Ten of them were pure. Ten of them were meant to meet the bridegroom. And they had all that in common, but yet five of them were labeled as wise, and five were labeled as foolish. Now, I prefer to be, I don't count myself as much of a guru or any great wise person as such, but in this, uh, in this case, I would like to know that I would be counted among the five wise virgins, don't you? I would want to have the attributes that they have and not be labeled as a foolish person. I would want to know and read this account and say, okay, what actually makes five of them wise and five of them foolish? And you would learn from that and say, well, the five that are foolish, what they did or did not do, I I don't want to copy them. I, I want to do what the wise ones did. And basically, there's a very, uh, very, uh, very distinct difference. Five of them, uh, ten of them had oil in their vessels. They had their lamps were all burning very nicely and, uh, all was, all was well, but five of them had planned ahead. And they had vessels with them and they had oil in their vessels. Well, we can learn from that tonight. We can realize that uh, many times in the Bible, the oil represents the Holy Spirit or God's presence in our lives. And we want to know in these days, we are living, uh, like we've heard so many times, we are living in troubled waters. We are living in troubled times. And if ever there was a time that we needed God's presence, not only for today, but to be planning ahead for tomorrow and realizing we don't know what tomorrow may bring, we want to know that we've got the presence of the Lord in our lives, not just a little bit, but we want our lives to be complete and full of God's presence. Uh, back in Newfoundland, back in our hometown, it's not uncommon for the power to go. 
Uh, we'll lose power sometimes. There's three communities there that are pretty close together. And many of the times, and a lot of times, it will be winter time, and the power will go. Uh, at times, it might be an hour or two, and more times, it's been gone for two or three days sometimes. So you had to be prepared. So most everyone there has a generator outside. Some have even got a little special little shed built for their generator. And when the power goes, that generator is used to take it through. In the wintertime, you could lose your source of heat. You could lose a lot of things when it's cold and you don't have any means to electricity. So most everybody has a generator, a backup plan, if you will. Most people keep their generator the tank under generator full. And it's all ready to start up. And if you're wise, that generator in the fall, the year before the winter months come in, you will have cleaned out things, the air filter, everything will be good for that thing to go to work for you when you need it. And if you're really, really thinking ahead, uh, before I left and came to Portland, I went to the gas station and I took three, uh, three containers with me, uh, uh, two six-gallon and a five-gallon container, and I filled them up and I put them in the shed. You need to have oil in your vessels. You need to have that extra supply because you don't know how long you're going to travel sometimes between filling stations. So you've got to have some. It's not good. You know, those, uh, those virgins, that the foolish ones, they were left in the dark. And spiritually wise, us that are living for the Lord, we don't want to be left in the dark, do we, spiritually? We want to know that we've got plenty of light to take us to meet the bridegroom. We don't know the day nor the hour when he's going to come back. We don't know when the trumpet will sound, but we, knew, we do know that the bridegroom is coming for us someday. And we want to make sure that we are prepared, that we are going to make it through the good times and the bad times, and we're going to have an abundant supply of God's presence in our lives. Some people like to run with the gas laid on, on your vehicle, right? I remember when we first got married, there wasn't a lot of money to go around, and a lot of times uh, we had a 1978 Delta 88 Oldsmobile with a 350 rocket in it, and it was a big engine, and believe you me, if uh, the gas hand started to go down on the E, you knew you better find a gas station somewhere because it was a real gas guzzler. But uh, nothing the less, we never had a lot of money, and a good many times that hand will be just kissing the empty sign down on the gas hand, wouldn't it? And the newer vehicles now, they have a gas light that comes on and lets you know, well, it, it's getting low. You better find somewhere to fill up. And sometimes God reminds us when we decide to sometimes live our lives a little, maybe a little loose, as it were, God will remind us, look, you're going down on empty. You better fill up. Oh, Bonnie, don't mind me. Many times Bonnie becomes a brunt of my sermon sometimes, and here goes again. But anyway, uh, we left one time to move some of our, our things uh, from a town where I grew up to where the church was to. And we took a pickup truck, my brother-in-law's pickup truck. I don't even think we were married at the time. And we traveled about four hours in this pick old, old uh, I don't know what it was, Ford Chevy, doesn't matter. But anyway, we traveled in this pickup truck. I'm not sure if the gas hand was even working on that thing. But uh, my brother-in-law assured us, oh, there's lots of gas. And we traveled along, and, and I knew I was getting to my own turf, and I knew there was a gas station coming up, but 
we weren't sure what was going to happen. And, you know, within, I'm going to say, about 500 feet of that filling station, the truck just puttered out. It was out of gas. Well, my brother-in-law and I had a great plan. We put Bonnie in the driver's seat and made it look like she ran out of gas when we pushed it into the gas pumps. We didn't want to be ashamed. We just put Bonnie in the driver's seat, and, well, it looked better that way. But anyway, nothing the less, we ran out of gas, and we were stranded. And thank the Lord, there was a, a gas station just a little ways away. But, you know, uh, it could have been otherwise. We may have been stranded out in the middle of nowhere. And spiritual-wise, if we don't keep our tank topped up, I heard someone say one time, it's just as easy to keep your tank full as what it is to let it be empty all the time. And you know there's truth in that. It's just as easy to keep it topped up, but you still need the same amount of gas to go about your daily duties. And spiritual-wise, it's not wise. Those foolish virgins found out that by not having a a sufficient supply of oil, that when the bridegroom came, uh, they were not prepared to go out and meet him. I don't want my life to be like that. I don't want to be thinking I have enough. I don't want to be guessing if I have enough. I don't want to be wondering if I have enough of God's presence in my life. I want to know in my heart that I've got a, a... confirmation in my soul that I feel that should the trumpet sound or should the Lord come back, I'm ready to go out and meet Him. But it's going to require having God's Spirit in our lives, our vessels filled. And I, you might hear me make reference to gasoline a few times a night, but uh, sometimes uh, you have to, uh, for me, it's, it's a way I have of connecting to things. I, I was a mechanic in, uh, when, I, when I pastored in Thompson, Manitoba. I was a mechanic in a uh, snowmobile or a recreational vehicle shop there. And sometimes we would get a vehicle come in there, and it wasn't working properly. Now, we would start out with the simple things before you would start doing uh, analyzing and all that stuff. And one of the things we would do is we would lower a hose down into the gas tank of that snowmobile or whatever, and we would draw out maybe, a, uh, I'm going to say, okay, I'll go to points, a couple of points of gasoline, and put into a clear bottle, and we would lay it on the workbench, and we'd go in and leave it for 15 minutes. You come back later, and sometimes you come back later, and you see this water sitting in the bottom of the bottle. And you knew that gas had become contaminated with water. You know, we need to be very careful when we fill up where we fill up to. We can get in a lot of trouble. I know people that have filled up in places that have been questionable and come away half gas and half water. I'm not exaggerating. I remember one person taking the gas tank out of their vehicle just to get it cleared up. But when I worked in that, that shop as a mechanic, we would realize that the gas is contaminated and that water had gotten in there. We don't want a watered-down version of the gospel in our lives. We want the real thing. We want the presence of the Lord to be as strong and as effective as it can be in our lives. And there is different gas. You may say there's not, but there is, I can assure you. I worked in places where sometimes just, uh, and I don't make a practice of sniffing gas, by the way, but I, I can remember a snowmobile coming and whatnot, and you would take the cover off, and oh boy, that gas is probably six, seven, eight months old. It's, it's no good. Well, you know what? Spiritual-wise as well, you may say, well, Pastor, I got, a, I got a wonderful blessing six months ago. I got filled up. The Lord came down in my life, and oh, what a blessing I got around the altar. 
Well, you know, that's a wonderful thing. But you know, you need to keep those blessings coming. You need to keep it topped up. It's very, very important that we keep the tank topped up because we need to be ready. As a pastor, I live in a, we live in an area that's a little isolated. Uh, I try to keep the, the church vehicle uh, topped up at all times because sometimes the nearest hospital, well, we have a little cottage hospital, but a lot of times we will have folks that are at, at the nearest well, actual hospital, probably close to two hours drive away. So I keep everything prepared in case I have to go to visit or, or somebody in, in, in dire straits. And it's the same way with us spiritual wise. I've said it here tonight already. We have to have God's presence in our lives every single day. When we get down to pray, you might say, well, where do I, where do I get filled up to? You know, I've found over the years one of the greatest places that I get filled up and get God's presence in my life is around the altars of prayer. A wonderful place. Sunday night, here, I, I believe I've knelt here somewhere, Sunday night when the prayer started to wind down and I got to my feet, I felt I'd had a, a fresh touch from the Lord and I had something to keep me for the next little while till I got down before the Lord again. And that's the way it works. Now here's, a, here's something to help us out maybe tonight. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Here was a woman, her husband had died, her husband had been a faithful servant of the Lord. And back then, as it was custom to do, if the, that man had hold any money to creditors, whatever, they would take family members as slaves or servants to repay, uh, pay back what they hold. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house, in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thy the vessels abroad of all the neighbors. Even empty vessels borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out unto all these vessels. And when I love where this story goes. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons and brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son bring me yet a vessel another one and he said unto her there is not a vessel more and they all was stayed then she came and told the man of God and he said go sell thee all pay thy debt and live thou and thy children off the rest isn't that wonderful Jesus will take what you've got and give you more are you here tonight? Maybe someone here tonight that feel you need a refreshing. Or maybe a little revival in your soul. Bring your vessels to the altar tonight. And see what the Lord will do for you. If you're here tonight, and I don't know here, I haven't filled up too much here. And by the way, if you're wondering, we pay for a U.S. gallon in Canada, we're paying with $6. So when I see your signs, it looks pretty good to me. But nothing the less, 
bring your vessels. We have three types of gas sometimes in Canada when we pull in. There's regular gas. There's medium gas. And then there's some gas stations call it uh, supreme or high-octane gas where it's supposed to have a cleaner burn and it's supposed to be, be better, better for your engine and everything. Well, you know, there are three experiences that we need in our lives. Well, salvation is obviously the first one. And it'll get you a long, long ways. But don't be satisfied. If you're saved here tonight and that's all you got, don't be satisfied in that place. There's another step for you. It's called sanctification. And you need it. It's part of, the, a part of being a wise person. It's part of being a wise Christian. It's getting every part of God's presence in your life that you can get. And if you're sanctified here tonight, bring your vessels. See if God won't baptize you with the Holy Ghost tonight. God has wonderful things for us. All He says is bring your vessels. We used to sing a hymn one time. I maybe still sung, It will fill your heart today to overflowing. You remember that grand old hymn? As the Lord commanded you, bring your vessels, not a few. That's what we need to do here tonight. We're going to come down before the Lord in prayer, but don't let this just be another prayer meeting. Let it be a prayer meeting that you will remember. A one that will just make your heart and your soul alive with the presence of the Lord. And you can leave here tonight with something in your soul. And you know it will keep you and it will give you strength. Maybe you're feeling a little weak in soul tonight. You know you can get strength tonight at the altar of prayer. God can do it. He's done it over and over and over. And he'll do it again tonight. So bring your vessels. This lady, she got her two sons to go ahead and get those vessels. I can picture it now, can't you? Bringing them in all shapes and sizes. And no doubt some were small, some were big. And she began to take that one pot of oil that she had in the house. And she began to pour it out, pour it out. And can you imagine how amazed they must have been to see all those vessels? And maybe the room was filled with all those vessels filled with oil. Well, tonight the sanctuary can be filled with vessels that are filled with the presence of the Lord. God bless you tonight. Let's come out to the altar and get something good for our souls, shall we? 596 will be the number.